again. This is Elizabeth Spring from NorthNodeAstrology.com, and today we're going to talk about where Jungian psychology and evolutionary astrology meet. I am uh, an evolutionary uh, astrologer, having apprenticed with Stephen Forrest, and I do come out of a tradition of uh, Jungian psychology and practice that. And so I love um, how they are so related and have so much to offer us. So I hope you get something from this today. And if you're interested in finding out more, check out my website at northnodeastrology.com. Hello again. So today we're going to be talking about where Jungian psychology and evolutionary astrology meet. And I mean this as uh, Jungian psychology, as in the work of Carl Jung, and the evolutionary astrology, which is what I practice, which uh, is what uh, Stephen Forrest uh, basically started. Um, So here we go. I'm reading um, the very end of my book, North Node Astrology, Uh, called Surrendering to the Gods, Where Jungian Psychology and Astrology Meet. I'm just finished writing this book, and I'm aware of how much more work it was than I originally thought it would be. And so I've been wondering, why did I write this book? And then I remember, I love making connections to people and ideas, and I crave the sense of belonging to the world and of making heartfelt and thoughtfelt connections with others people who playfully and seriously like to entertain these ideas, Jungians and astrologers, writers and readers, you and me. I like to bridge the gap. I also sense that there's a gap between two worlds I hold so dear to my heart, the Jungians and the astrologers. The Jungians often view popular predictive astrology with disdain, yet quietly study astrology and talk about it with their friends. or their astrologers, they tend not to write about it in their professional journals. The astrologers hear the reserve in their attitude, but often don't know what the Jungians are really talking about. To those astrologers who focus on pragmatic approaches, uh, for them, the ooing and eyeing of the Jungians may seem to make them like odd ducks. And to what use? These astrologers will help their clients, like coaches, find their jobs or careers, but forget that the word vocation has its roots in the ability to listen to our deep selves. How do we get to that place of deep listening to the self? And the Jungians do that very well, as well as the evolutionary astrologers. And, of course, there is short-term counseling versus long-term counseling. Astrologers can sit with someone once for a couple of hours, talking with them about the map of the psyche, the birth chart, and the astrologer will translate the archetypal patterns in a way that the client says would have taken months with their more traditional therapists. A Jungian will sit with someone for hours, over many years often, helping their client listen to the various inner voices in order to discover who they essentially are. 
They give time for their inner work and the alchemical process to truly evolve, and they support the client in the process. A sense of safety and love develops. It's powerful. Both astrologers and Jungians honor the complexity of the self and the variety of our inner personalities. Call it what you will, voices, archetypes, planets. Both know that we need to understand the gold and the shadow parts of our psyches. We need to understand the unique gold of Jupiter and the North Node and the shadowy wounding of Pluto and the South Node. We need to bring responsibility into our lives. Saturn, and yet dare to take our freedom, Uranus. Different words, same ideas. Dreams or divination? Both astrologers and Jungians would agree that we project ourselves out into life and yet swim in the deep, wine-dark sea of the unconscious. There are reasons beneath reasons why we do what we do, and our outer choices and inner revelations echo each other. The outer pragmatic solutions of the coach or the astrologer will reverberate with the inner Jungian nourishing and unfolding process of the self, and it will reverberate with life in the outer world. Neither of these are better. Both are needed. Carl Jung was a trickster, a shaman, and a scholar, as well as a spiritual man. His psychology came out of his life. He broke some rules he kept to some. As John Perry, a Jungian scholar and friend of Jung, once said, there was always a little something magical about the way Jung's mind work, worked. He said that he felt himself to be more shaman than psychiatrist. And Jung studied and practiced astrology and alchemy. He was a bridge maker between the worlds. I do not aspire to be a Jungian but I have an inner Jung within me that desires to make connections and bridge gaps. I want to keep encouraging all the ways we can attend to our inner life. We come into this life bringing woundedness and a sense of wonder and possibility. It's a great thing if we can stay aware of both and how they continue to play out in our lives. And so then we ask, can I accept my fate and live it out well? Can I work within limits that I have and yet stretch to be all I can be? Yes, I think yes. We can all do that and make bridges. Jim Hollis, in interviews with Jungian analysts, says, The greatest gifts of Jungian psychology are found in recovering for us a sense of participation in an ancient drama and in a mindfulness regarding the profound sea of soul in which we swim at all times. When most modern psychologies serve the ego fantasies of control, Jungian psychology affirms a more sober appreciation of the summons to surrender to the gods, to what wishes to live through us into this world. Uh, I love that last phrase. It hints of a knowing that something is calling to come through us, and that we are able to discipline ourselves. We can be a disciple to that which is calling us, but that we are also summoned to surrender ourselves to that which we must do. Jung spoke about this as doing gladly that which must be done. Sometimes it's just putting one foot in front of the other. If you've had a stroke, that is a huge effort. 
If you are caring for a baby, that's a huge effort. So the summons and the calling may sound soulfully glamorous at times, but as Jim Hollis is also suggesting here, Jungian psychology affirms a more sober appreciation of the summons. For everyone and anyone who has worked long hours at a task, we can appreciate that soberness also has its high moments. And in the world of astrology, I would say that evolutionary astrology is probably the closest to um, what the Jungians do. And at the heart of Jungian psychology is the concept of individuation, the story of our coming home to ourselves. And as we've seen, the astrology chart can be seen as a roadmap of the journey, giving us clear points of reference along the trajectory of the individuation process and the complexes we carry within and meet along the way. A good understanding of the astrology chart reveals the nature of these complexes and how we are individually wired. I understand Jung to be saying that we are each wired to experience life in a particular way, and some of this wiring is unique to us alone, and some of it is common to the collective. Astrologers see the individual chart as the blueprint of that wiring. It doesn't tell you everything about your life. But the chart will tell you how you are wired, for example, and how you perceive your mother or father, and something of how you perceive nurturing in your life. Jungians look beyond the personal to the collective unconscious in humanity and see it as a universal imprint in our psyche, existing like an underground aquifer, which we dip into at various moments in our lives. We've seen how astrologers, how the charts, uh, the charts they make, they trace these moments of psychic dipping by looking at the transit charts that surrounds the birth chart. Now, one uh, Jungian analyst um, wrote to me from Minnesota, and she sums up what I've been attempting to say in this book and in this podcast when she wrote to me and said, quote, the nodal approach helps me see, as I do a reading or a counseling session, how someone is in touch with their individuation path or not. If they are blocked, the blocking complex is usually connected to the nodal axis or the moon. And then their transits and progressions tell me where their current challenges and opportunities might be as they work in the direction of their evolutionary potential. I love this combination of Jungian and astrological thought and practice. I also know how hard it is when we come up against our own blockages repeatedly, and when we see that people we love may not get unblocked in this lifetime. But what a gift it is to be able to delve into the Jungian and astrological worldviews and to use this knowledge to help ourselves and others. This final piece is a poem that came to me out of that sense of gratitude. And it's called Soul Work, A Prayer of Thanks. Let us give thanks for the work we do. Let us pay homage to the gods, goddesses, symbols, signs, and synchronicities that make their appearance as grace 
when the choice is made to ask and then to receive, when, whether called or not called, God is present. Let us give thanks for the chance to be messengers, to bring the good news that all is well and all manner of things are well, that life has meaning, that there is a rhyme and a reason, a warp and woof, an inner and outer, and as above, so below. Let us give thanks for this knowledge that grows into wisdom, that honors life cycles as well as season cycles, that sees meaning where others see despair, that sees patterns where others see chaos, that sees hope and evolution where others see none. Let us give thanks for this ancient soul language that challenges us to find the words to translate the subtle geometry of the soul, a language that sees little acts of change as large acts of courage, that delights at seeing the shy smile of recognition when the personal story meets the larger story and is truly heard. Let us give thanks for this work that repeatedly shows us how wrong we may be, that what we see first is not all there is, that people are far richer, more complex, and nobler than we imagined, and that what we see as God or human flaw is flawless in design. For the gift is in the effort, in the practice of reaching to understand all the unknowable mysteries for that which we are so truly grateful. So that is how I ended the book, uh, North Node Astrology. And if you want to find out more about this work, uh, you can go to northnodeastrology.com. And thanks for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Bye-bye for now. Mm -hmm.